Ephesians 4, 22, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, which is corrupt, according to the deceitful lusts. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Wherefore, putting away lying, speak every man truth with his neighbor. We are members one of another. Now, here's the verse 26. Be ye angry, and what? And sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. Now, he's talking about, listen, don't have your your former conversation the way we used to live. But listen, put on the new man. And uh, there's going to, there's a new way to live, and goes right into this matter of be angry and sin not, let that sun go down upon thy wrath. Verse twenty seven. Neither give what. Verse twenty seven. Neither, neither give what. Place to the who. Devil. Now that word places means don't give the devil access. In other words, don't allow him to have that place in your life. One of the greatest areas of the way devil gets a place or foothold in a any relationship is through anger. And uh, then we studied be kind one to another, tenderhearted, and da, 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 da. I let all anger and malice, or I'm sorry, anger and, and um, envy and um, covetousness and all these things be put away with you all malice. Um, now, we explained last week, these are the six things we explained last week with the, a lot of the reasons why we have anger. So these are the you might say symptoms of the root. So the root uh, is anger. So anger is not the six things that are listed. These things uh, are because of things that we have been holding on to. So you'll see this is very simple. We're talking about immaturity, self-centeredness, desire to control, uh, pettiness, pride, and fear. And uh, so if you were here last week, uh, I didn't get that to you yet, did I? Still. Uploaded for the sermon, the lesson. I don't think I did get the lesson, the audio. No, no, yeah, okay. Well, as soon as I get it to Vanessa, we'll make sure you guys, you know, go listen to it. But um, those are six major things, and uh, we talked about the the um, the unseen enemy of the home is the title of this. And so we have a kind of the, the illustration is the house the house divided cannot what stand. So house divided cannot stand. And so we want to be doing all we can to keep this thing tight, united, uh, keep it together. So now, this was last week, six six internal causes of conflict in marriage. And then this week is going to be the 10, <coughs> ten um, ways to not con or have, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh, responses. These are six, I'm sorry, no, that's next slide there. Ten effective, ineffective responses to conflict. Ten ineffective responses to conflict. So when you see here in the Bible where it talks about to put on the new man, uh, after uh, which is after God had created in righteousness and true holiness, to put away lying, be angry, sin not, that don't give place to the devil, etc., etc. And so I realized that in order to do all of this, <clears throat> go down to verse number 30, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Uh, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away, uh, be put away, be put away from you with all malice. Be kind, tenderhearted. Okay, these are all wonderful things. We've known these. It's a good song to sing. Be kind one to another. But to be practical, that is this. There's a lot of underlying issues that most people don't want to deal with, like the nail on the head, uh, but don't want to deal with that produces anger. And 
bitterness and strife. And so I'm being a little more practical this morning about how not to deal with some of these things. Again, 10, 10 effective responses. Now, so just dealing with people, dealing with marriages and teenagers over the many years. Uh, these are 10 things that I would say are probably typical ways that people respond. First, first, first way is failure to acknowledge the problem. This is probably number one. Just failure to acknowledge the problem. Okay, there's a nail in your head, man. You have a problem. No, it's not the nail. No, it is. <laughs> you have a problem. Um, but I'll say number one that is this. Failure to acknowledge a problem. Uh, Proverbs 28, verse 13 says this. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. He that covereth his sins shall not prosper. Wait a minute. So covering my sin is saying that I don't want to acknowledge my sin. I just don't want to, I'm just, I'm just going to cover it. I, I'm just going to, just kind of hide it like, and just pretend as if it's not even there, right? And so a lot of times we'll have an issue uh, in our marriage or in our home, and because we know it's going to produce conflict, I know if I bring this up, or if I know if I address the issue, there's going to be a conflict. And so it's just easier to just not acknowledge it, just hide it. But if you hide it, uh, I cannot prosper. He who covereth his sins shall not prosper. So in the same way with, if I can't prosper with God by covering my sins, if I know there's either sin or an issue inside of a relationship or in my marriage, the same principle is true that if I hide it and I don't reveal it and deal with it, then my marriage cannot prosper either. And so <clears throat> in 1 Samuel 16, it says this, with the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance, nor on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Here's the issue. God says, the, really, the issue of, of anything is a matter of the heart. So here's, here's what God says. Man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on the where? The heart. Okay, which means this. So just because I get up on Sunday morning and put my Sunday dress on, no, suit, sorry. Uh, but put my, my, my Sunday clothes on or whatever. And I put my game face on. I'm going to church. So game faces, you smile. Hey, brother, how you doing? Everybody, you know, just playing the role, doing whatever. Does not mean that everything's okay at home. It does not mean that everything's okay in the, in, in the marriage. And so I realized that's one of the biggest problems that I face, and we all face, is the failure to acknowledge the problem. And uh, many couples refuse to admit there is a problem. I did, we didn't didn't have a nail on the head, but <clears throat> had a couple one day in my office. We were talking, and um, there was an apparent problem, and it was with him. And uh, and she just kept saying, you know, all he does is yell at me. And when she said that, he said to her, "I don't yell at you." Okay? Like, I don't do that. Um, and then I said, well, let's, let's just try to keep this calm conversation. Pastor, I would, but you got to understand, she, all she ever, 
ma'am, can you please leave for a second? Um, sir, can we bring, can we just bring the tone down a little bit? And I'm not, I'm not saying you're yelling at me. But what I'm saying is your, your voice inflection is at a very high level. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to know how to re- re- reward things. Yeah. You know? And he's like, Pastor, it's not. I just, I'm just, just I just, I, I, as many ways as I tried to redirect the same point, it was not getting through. And he, he failed to recognize and failed to say, I have a problem. And it's my mouth, but I can't, I can't, I can't control it. And, um, and so big, the big thing is, uh, just to acknowledge it too, <clears throat> withdrawal from real relationship development, withdrawal from real relationship development. Now I had a, and I don't mean to like, just, just like tell you all the counseling stuff, but a lot of the stuff is very practical to help you understand where we're coming from. I had a couple in my office married for 50 years they, they, they actually wanted me to do their uh, 50 year um, what do you call it we renew the vows yeah yeah that's what we actually call it renew the vows anyway so they want to renew their vows and so we did and uh, renewed their vows and this is this is a few years ago and uh, it was great do we 50 years of marriage now listen 50 years of marriage after after the 50th wedding anniversary they renewed their vows then she calls and says, Pastor, can we have a counseling appointment with you? 50 years of marriage. I said, sure. So they both come in and, and she says, I hate him. <laughs> <laughs> the stuff you hear is bizarre. And he said, yeah, I really don't like her either. I said, can you tell me how you made it to 50 years? Like, how did this, how did this happen? And he said, well, pastor, to be quite honest with you, we just, we, we just, we just feel like we just had to put up with each other. I said, how long have you been putting up with each other? Oh, about 49 years. <laughs> I'm like, you got, you got kids, you've got grandkids. And they said, listen, pastor, we've got kids and grandkids. We just feel as if we ought to just, just hang in there. I said, have you ever thought about maybe dealing with some of the issues and maybe trying to establish a relationship and try to get this, they don't sleep together? You know, just it's, just, it's an awful relationship. And I realized that there was no, married a long time, yes, congratulations on the, on the, on the golden anniversary, fantastic, but no, after 50 years, you'd think there'd be a deep relationship, but no deep relationship. No true, like, soul connection. And so some couples will come to the point where they decide that uh, intimacy and oneness are way beyond reach. And they've got children. They've got grandchildren. And they just want to just put up with it. Don't have a marriage to where you both are saying to each other, we vow till death do us part, so until I kill you, I'll put up with you. That's not the kind of marriage we're looking for. This is not the extraordinary kind of relationship we're looking for. And so uh, they here's what happens. They withdraw their spirits from the relationship in two areas, emotionally and spiritually. Remember, do not give place 
to the devil. So as a result, there's access to the devil. It has this relationship, starts to tear that home apart. You want to put these things away from you. And uh, so they, they will withdraw in their relationship with their spirit emotionally and spiritually. Physically, they're okay. They've got children. It's obvious. Okay, they're fine. But the bigger of the three elements is the emotions and the spirit. Those are huge. And uh, so very, uh, very important part that you connect on those emotional levels. The, the funny part about that video, and that's the first time I've seen it, but the funny part about that video is she realized that there was, she had a nail in her head, but all she wanted to do was, was to connect emotionally. Did you notice that? I just want you to listen. And they said, oh, that must really hurt. Oh, thanks. You know, and then the kiss, and then the fire's back up again. But, uh, <clears throat> but it just caught that. She just wanted to connect emotionally. And how important that is, that we understand how to connect and have a real relationship development. So don't withdraw from that. You want to do all you can to get involved with that. And so anyway, um, the Bible says in Ephesians 4.25, we are members one of another. And uh, so we make sure that we are connecting with each other. The members number three, ignoring the pink elephant. <laughs> that is, well, next to number one, that's probably number two. Ignoring the pink elephant. Now, I'm not going to ask couples here if you have pink elephants in your house. When I say pink elephant, how many know what I'm talking about? Okay, so it's an old cliche, which means you have a massive problem in your home and nobody's talking about it. You walk around this big old fat pink elephant, nobody ever talks about the pink elephant. And it's like, it's there, staring everybody in the face, but we don't ever want to talk about it because if I do talk about it, it's going to create a problem. And it's going to create conflict. And so we just ignore massive pink elephants. And, uh, and so this is a, a uh, the significance uh, in the relationship. Usually every marriage has at least one, at least one, usually, uh, which is, you know, what's a, if, if I bring up this one thing that's really, really, really huge in our relationship, we just dodge it every single day. We just don't go there. Because if we go there, it's like, so we just ignore it. That is not a way uh, to respond to the conflict of marriage. You have to deal with it. Now, next week, we're going to talk about the effective ways that we'll be talking about how to deal with pink elephants. But here's what you have to understand today. If I ignore the pink elephant, then I'm also giving access to the devil. And I want to shut down every access possible that Satan's trying to get into my marriage by dealing with conflict. If we can learn how to be conflict managers, how to deal with, with issues, your marriage is going to be soaring sky high. But in most cases, because we're dealing with two weird people, yes you are, <laughs> with two weird people, weird people have a hard time dealing with weird people. And so it's just who we are. And so I realized, okay, I have to learn how to work with this. So anyway, um, number four, spiritualizing the problem. Spiritualizing the problem. Uh, so Ephesians 4, 27, neither get place to the devil. So here's what, here's what we'll say. You know what, pastor, the Satan is just attacking our home. I know we got a problem and I know I got an issue, but it's just the devil. The devil made me do it. The devil made me say it, and I just can't help it. So now we're spiritualizing the problem as if 
it's not my problem. The devil made me do it, and it's just the way it is. And so, we're, you know what? We're just going to enter into a prayer covenant. And so we're going to pray together and just pray that God will solve this problem. That sounds good. It's very spiritual. It's wonderful. But if you don't deal with the issue, that devil made me do it is going to make you do it every day. So I got to deal, learn how to deal with it, talk about it, and be able to deal with the conflict. And so Jesus did it with his disciples. So many times he'd bring up an issue, deal with it. Bring up an issue, deal with it. As well as pray with it. And as well as, you know, begging God for his wisdom and all that. So be very careful with over-spiritualizing. Nothing wrong with making anything spiritual. Amen and amen and amen. But to say all we're going to do is pray, 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 and never try to have a, I pray so I get wisdom on how to deal with the issue. That's why I pray. Uh, God, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, which give to all men liberally. And so I know that God will give me wisdom, so that's why I pray, so I know how to deal with the issue. So it's very, very important. Be careful with uh, just over-spiritualizing the problem. And um, men are prone to do this. Women are a little, well, it depends on who it is, what relationship, but a lot of times we're more prone, like, I want to talk about it, I want to deal with it, let's 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 talk this out, and they're like, I just don't want to deal with it. I just don't want to have this problem because you're not going to listen to me anyway, and, oh, no, I'll listen to you. But then you get talking, and, okay, no, so she doesn't listen to her. So just a lot of back and forth, and so a lot of times the guy would just say, I'm just going to pray about it. But very careful with that. Number five, the old gunny sack in ministry, okay? Uh, the old gutty second ministry. So look at uh, Isaiah 43. Look at your Bibles. Isaiah 43, verse number 25. Isaiah 43, verse number 25. I want you to look at this verse. And um, if you don't know what gunny sacking is, it's an old term, which means this. Uh, it's an old burlap bag that um, the old farmers would just would, would just put uh, the, the crops and whatnot, just continue to put in the bag and put in the bag and put it in the bag and put it in the bag. And they fill up this bag sack. And just, 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 and then after a while, if they filled it up too much, it's possible for that bag to explode, or possible that bag to break open and pop. And they called it gunny sacking, which means this: they, they, they left it and they left it the same crops over there, over and over and over and over again, and never emptied it and never got rid of it. And then it would either corrode and uh, break. And so all the stuff that's been piled up for all the, the weeks or whatever has now just all, all over the place, and uh, it's called gunny sacking. So anyway, but look, what, look what the Lord does in Isaiah 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he that blotteth out thy transgressions for mine own sake, and will not remember thy sins. <laughs> he, the Lord says, I will blot out your transgressions. And will not remember thy sins. How do you praise God that God does not remember my our sins? Praise God. Like every day. Like every day. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. Is that what the Bible says? I would say praise the Lord for that. You know, amen. So what does that mean? God does not gunny sack. So God does not keep a running tally. So oh, he did this back in 1976. And oh, 1978. And oh, 1980. And boom, boom, boom. And just keep this thing full of all my sins, especially the big ones. Thank God he doesn't do that. Remember them no more. Just doesn't remember them. Now, you heard of the, the, the adage, I can forgive, but I can forget. Uh, you've heard that before? Uh, 
it's very hard to forget. And we'll never be as God is, but we should try to be like God. But in many cases in marriages, we have the gunny sacking ministry, which is one, one, thing, one ineffective response to conflict, which means this. I'm not going to talk about what he did three years ago, but I'm putting it in my sack. <laughs> I know what I'm talking about. So I'm not going to talk about what he... But when the time is right, and all these things have compressed, and you got you remember this one, and remember this one, and remember this one, and remember this one, and remember this one, and, uh, and all of a sudden when this argument comes up and she says, or he says, you always do this. You always have an excuse. You always, you know, um, lie. Or you always deceive me. Or you oh, you name it. And then what's, what's the response to that? No, I don't. Yes, you do. And here's the other response. Name it. Okay. And boom, gunny sack comes out, man. It's rapid fire. 1986, on May the 4th, at 945 in the morning. This is what you said to me. This is how you gave my. This is you. And, whoa, time out. Whoa, I thought you forgave me all. No, I forgave you, but I didn't forget. And bam, 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 bam. Brother, listed it all. Man. And, you know, then then the person says, Then you tell me, when, 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 when do I do that? I have no idea. I literally forgot that. Like, I don't remember any of that stuff. And so it's very, very common. One of the spouses to gunny sack, and this is, this is not an effective way to resolve conflict. And uh, so here's what we have to do, and that is this, is ask God, say, okay, Lord, I need to be able to forgive, but also not to bring up. It's not to say you're going to forget, but you don't need to bring it up. And this is what God does for me and what God does for you. He doesn't bring up my sins, thank God. Thank God. And uh, so very, very important to remember that. Uh, so once a matter has been addressed and forgiveness is sought out and received, ladies, men, it should never come up again. And uh, it's not, it's probably not going to happen, but you ought to strive to not bring it up. Well, you always do this. Well, okay, so he does, but forgive him. And, well, she always, and so here's the thing. No one wins when you keep score against your spouse. Nobody wins. Yeah, you do this every. Okay, you can you can you can make them lower in dirt. You can make her lower in dirt. But then how that how's that going to help your relationship? So it doesn't. Number six, attacking the person instead of the problem. We, we talked a little bit about this last week about how to deal with issues. But um, attacking the person instead of the problem. Don't do that. So one of the one of the spouses says, "Well, I don't know." Uh, Two plus two is five. You are so dumb. Okay, now what happened there is this. The problem is, okay, she's not very, or he's not very educated, obviously, but to attack his education by calling him dumb is pretty dumb. <laughs> um, but you don't want to attack the person. It's, no, no, the problem, what's the problem? Well, obviously, they don't know math very well. And so two plus, no, 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 the, the problem is two plus two is not five. Two, two, two plus two is four. And so let's deal with the issue. The two plus two is four. Not attack the person and say, you are so dumb. Okay, so uh, we get a lot of other issues, but to be very, how you handle that conflict. So don't deal with the person. We'll talk about this next week with, uh, about how to handle it. Um, but don't attack the person. Don't attack, the, you know, their physical features. Don't that, They can't change that stuff. Don't attack their intelligence. Don't attack their personality. Deal with the issue 
and that went all that. So number seven, blaming somebody else. So here's Genesis three, and uh, what does Adam say when God says, "What hast thou done?" And you know, "Where art thou, Adam?" And you know, and, and she, and what does Adam say? The woman. Said the that. woman. Thou gives. The woman. Really, Adam. Really, the woman thou gavest me, Lord. It's it's her fault. You you, and actually, he blames God. He said, the woman that thou gavest me. Like, it's your fault. You gave me her, and she messed me up. That's what, God, that's what man's been saying ever since. God, I've been doing okay, but man, my wife, she's just... Blaming somebody else. And the wife says, uh, Pastor, I, 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 I could be a really good Christian. It wasn't for my lazy, good-for-nothing, carnal, backslidden husband. I would be a great Christian. And so here she is blaming him, you know. And, uh, and so be care- very careful about blaming somebody else. And uh, I am the, I, the way I, I heard a guy say, I am the way that I am because I, I'm married to her. Like, like, like she did that to you. Um, she, she, she'll say this. I do these things because of the stress that he puts me under. You know. <laughs> so I realize that conflict cannot be resolved until personal responsibility is accepted. I have to accept it's me. And number eight, desiring to win at any cost. This is a, this is a big one for some people. Desiring to win at any cost. Again, do not give place to the devil. And so I don't want to. There are listen to this, men. This is this is this is one for the men. There are some arguments that are better lost. In other words, it's okay to lose an argument. Ladies, it's okay to lose. Well, no, but I know I'm... In some cases, it doesn't really matter. And at the end of the day, in an argument, really, nobody, really nobody ever really wins. Even though you might make a good point and silence your spouse, but you don't really win. In the, in the effort of silencing your spouse to prove your point... You have just fractured and damaged a relationship. You just hurt feelings. So did you really win? No, you didn't. You just further damage by trying to prove a point at any cost. So desiring to win at any cost. You might have won the battle, but you robbed a piece of your spouse's heart that you can never give back. In the heat of the moment, harsh words can be spoken that will echo in that person's mind and heart for years to come. And you can't take it back. After the first world war, I'm done. But after the first world war, war, WW1, uh, <laughs> Britain and France demanded that Germany pay an enormous sum of money for the um, uh, reparations uh, from the war to repair things. The financial strain contributed from the from the from Germany led. One of the reasons why Germany collapsed uh, economically, as a result of Germany's economic collapse, which uh, Britain and France won and got the money, great. But as a result, it led to Adolf Hitler's rise to power, and the Allies won as far as Britain and France. But the long-term cost of what's going to happen in the next World War were incredibly high. The cost was incredibly high. So yes, they might have won to get money that, that short period of time, 
but how much more it cost them in just about 20, 30 years later. And so be thinking about, be very careful about the long-term effect. Number nine, giving in to avoid conflicts. This is the, this is the antithesis of this. Desire to win at any cost, but you don't also you can't give in to avoid conflict. So if the Holy Spirit says build back down, or says to you, Holy, Holy Spirit says back down, fine. But it's just anytime conflict gets brought up and you're going to say my personality is shut down, shut down, shut down. I never bring up conflict. That's not healthy either. That gives place to the devil. You gotta be able to, to, to have the courage to stand up and just speak the truth in the right spirit, in the right love, in the right time. Number 10, and done. Um, see? I was letting you know it was 10.30. Oh, okay. Um, buying a gift, buying a gift. I'll finish that next week. We're buying a gift. Um, some people think this buying a roses is gonna keep her quiet, and so it doesn't always work, amen? Uh, so buying a gift, we'll talk about that later, but the big, the biggest gift of them all is being able to have a very deep, established relationship. Don't miss next week. Talk about how to fix all those things, okay? 